0: Yeah, it's it's miserably fucking hot here. I just, it's already. I mean, it's not even June yet, guys. Yeah, man, uh, those
1: Texas summers aren't you? Don't you get used to it or something? Isn't that like a thing?
0: You do eventually, but when it comes on, when it comes out of, uh, you know, like April, which may still have freezing temperatures, it comes on real strong.
2: <laughs> oh, dude! In uh, in DC today, we had a tornado warning. Which is like, D.C. is a city made of people like almost entirely from the northeast and then like weird parts of the south. So it's like half of my office is just staring out the window like, tornado? (laughs) What the fuck is that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, have never even seen a tornado in their lives. You know, that's that's, uh, one of my favorite jokes, right? Like, how do you know somebody was raised in the Great Plains? when the tornado sirens go off, they're the people who are headed outside to look at it.
1: Yeah. Right. (laughs) Start start videoing or whatever.
2: (laughs) A little little bit of world star going on.
1: Right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The Midwest version. (laughs) Yeah. Man, did you guys know that, like, so the Weather Channel, I don't watch it, but, like, I remember the Weather Channel used to be, like, they didn't even have, like, people. It was just, like, A slideshow of weather. Now it's like cops, but for like weather all the time. Oh, yeah, totally.
0: They they had to do something with that channel because they had three million eyeballs and like it can't just be weather reports all the time yeah i
2: thought i was watching the weather channel all this time but it turns out i was watching lou dobbs on fox news business (laughs) i was like wow the 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 sun sure is setting quite frequently on this program but it was just lou dobbs sundowning off (laughs) while the cameras i always forget that
1: fox business is a is a channel because
2: it's, it's the channel for business news about business things. It's on Fox. You didn't yeah. know this?
1: <laughs> they got they got Lou Dobbs. They got uh, uh, Stuart Varney. That's the guy, the British guy who's yeah. always really mad for some reason. <laughs> yeah,
2: but he's British, so he still sounds like, to, like remotely polite. You know,
0: <laughs> the guy who used to use the mallet and like oh judge that or whatever was he? No, 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 no. I mean uh, the the Like the angry stock guy who used to be... Oh, like Kramer or whatever? Yeah, Jim Kramer.
1: Yeah, Jim Kramer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What happened to him? Dude, he's on CNBC all day long, every day. Oh, like as a a legit pundit now? Of course, of course. Yeah. They learned absolutely nothing from when he was the worst at the stock market and he just continues to be terrible at the stock market every day, all day. It's amazing. He's really entertaining though and that's really all that matters. I mean, you don't Hopefully, you're not watching Kramer on CNBC for your, like, legitimate financial advice. Like, you're watching him to be like, look at it, he's got the moo sound on the soundboard. <laughs> he,
0: was, he was a joke on Arrested Development, where it was like, oh, the Bluth company, like, boom, baby. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah he'll, uh, he'll keep you laughing, like, all the way up where he's like, and remember, oh, your house is getting foreclosed. Remember to take out a subprime loan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and then people who don't know any better are watching that, like, damn, I love this show. <laughs> that guy, that guy's so I smart. I need a reverse
1: mortgage. It's the best.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jesus. Yeah, yeah. The stock market's been, uh, it's been on fire lately. It's just been. Uh, in a bad way though
0: not an on fire Uh, I was going to say like on on fire the way that a building could be (laughs) on fire
2: (laughs) which if you're a wealthy real estate developer could be good news
0: Flannel Podcast. It's been a little while since we've seen y'all out of Arlington, Texas. I am Matthew Hodges, joined as ever by my excellent co-host in Omaha, Nebraska, Brendan Williams. Brendan, did you guys get hit by those tornadoes?
2: Or what?
1: Uh, no, I, my house got hit by the tornado of uh, cleaning to <laughs> right. get ready to <laughs> stage our house. So I've adopted uh, minimalism as my new aesthetic choice for us to set it, our It's house. great.
0: I, I, Have you considered doing that as you go forward and just be completely like monastic and minimalist?
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where you look at your house and you're like, wow, you know, it's there's so much space now that I don't have any of my belongings here and they're all in the garage. But then when you're like getting your clothes out of like a plastic tote under your bed, you're like, you know, what? (laughs) actually, maybe there are some drawbacks to this lifestyle. Actually,
0: it's nice to have a closet sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, cool. It's nice to have you back and joining us as a as our guest on this program. The uh, he's he's a correspondent for Right Wing Watch, um, also a host of some podcasts. He told me about it beforehand, and I forgot already. Um, <laughs> but you know him. You know him from online. You know him because a bunch of alt right shit heels fucking hate him. Jared Holt. Thank you for joining us on the program.
2: Oh, it's a pleasure. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it uh, it's it's been kind of an interesting ride to get you on the show because you are you were like running the fucking show in terms of like keeping up to date on not just the alt right. Like we we've talked to enough people in the media who kind of monitor like what Tucker Carlson is doing or whatever. But you're actually out there. Uh, looking at all this like docs information on fucking Matthew Heimbach and the, you know, like the proud boys and stuff like that. it's it's pretty amazing work.
2: Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, I uh, have earned a, a bit of a reputation, I think, as like a Nazi hunter de facto oh yeah. yeah.
0: So, uh, since we have you on the show, um, rather than focus on that, I think what we're gonna do for this program is just ask you, about what you thought about the Game of Thrones finale <laughs> and talk about it for two hours.
2: Go. Um, Game, of, Game of Thrones series finale. Uh, what What can I say? It was the <laughs> ending to a show that uh, was on for some time. Nailed it. Wow.
0: <laughs> no, it's it's actually really nice to have you on the program, and we are going to get into uh, stuff that's more in your, your bailiwick. Um, I wanted to start off the show, though, with talking about some stuff that really influences uh, life in the Midwest. And, Brendan, you can speak to this somewhat. Uh, we've had a bunch of storms going up and down the plains. And we've got the sort of Trump storm of the trade war with China and a bunch of farmers who were getting fucked over, except not I guess because we're just going to keep bailing them out to the tune of 20 billions of dollars every year or something.
2: Let's call it sweet socialism, buddy.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that the that the <laughs> Republicans finally figured out that socialism works and that they can just be like, oh, our policies are bad. We'll just give people money and that'll just make up for it. Um, It's really making that, like, universal basic income argument easier and easier as they just continue (laughs) to push these ridiculous uh, ideas where it's like, hey, well, we took your soybeans and we made them, uh, you know, so you can't sell them because now China won't buy them. So, we'll just give you the money instead and you can just throw your soybeans away. (laughs) Problem solved.
0: It's incredibly frustrating because you've got – I mean – What the kind of like the left coast media will call Trump country, Um, you know, I've railed against this in the past that, you know, that's that's such a weird misnomer and you're not paying attention to the people who actually live in these areas. But when it comes to farmers, it kind of is it kind of, you know, you've still got all of these like soybean and corn and barley farmers who are out there like. Yeah, I think I think Trump actually does stand up for my interests. Never mind that he just fucking ruined my livelihood.
1: Yeah, it's so sad that it's almost like what will it take for them to turn on Trump? And the answer is is nothing. Is because, you know, I there was an interview on uh New York Times the Daily's podcast where they talked to a bunch of like Midwest farmers and like manufacturers and stuff. And they basically all said The trade war sucks. Trump's immigration policy is ridiculous. And I still 100% support Donald Trump. And they're like, how can you help me understand why? And they're like, you know, just because I just I just like him, but I just disagree with everything that he does. But I just there's just something about, you know, he's a fighter. You know, at least he's he's trying. He's trying to stand up for America, and I admire that, even though he's doing wrong. When Ben Garrison
0: draws him, (laughs) when Ben Garrison draws him, he looks like Superman. (laughs) You know, so obviously he
1: must be Superman.
2: Well, that that's what he really looks like. The camera adds ten pounds.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's the fake news. You know, who are you going to believe? Your lying eyes or drawings? That's
0: right. I I think (laughs) the the camera adds ten pounds, and he has like, 60 cameras on him at all times.
2: Yeah, so we can only surmise, you know, he looks great for an extra 600 pounds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, the best part is, like, so he, he'll he gladly throw, like, $11 billion at farmers who are getting screwed on his tariff deals. But then when he's supposed to meet with Democrats today for the giant infrastructure week deal, he just walks in and he's like, hey, how about stop investigating me and we'll do the deal. Great. And they were like, how about we just do the deal and because don't you want the deal to get done? Like, isn't that a benefit to you? And he's just like, no, nah, I don't give a shit about that. I just don't <laughs> want to be investigated anymore. And then he's like, okay, bye. It was well, part of the deal, is, baby. Is
0: totally, that thing is totally amazing too because when he initially started talking about Infrastructure Week as a thing – his idea was, well, we'll just privatize a bunch of shit. We'll, you know, like, if, if a bridge needs to be re- reconstructed or, like, highways needed to be shored up or whatever, like, we can privatize this. It's it's Reagan's dream. Yeah, Halliburton will just to, fix the,
1: ro- the roads. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And then, like, literally everything in the country, like Snow Crash, will be corporately owned. And everybody has to either have a membership to this corporation or pay you know, a, an excessive fee to use this thing.
2: This sewer pipe brought to you by Liquid Flannel.
1: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I'm down for, yeah, I'll fund the sewer pipes for sure. I mean, I already have, like, an Amazon Prime subscription, so that should probably give me, like, unlimited, you know, toll roads or whatever in the future dystopia. So I feel like I'm pretty much set already.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, we're we're getting to the point where, what, like five corporations own literally everything in the country, I mean, if you want to watch a movie, it's going to be a Disney movie
2: at this point. But uh, 2 days shipping, huh? (laughs) uh, (laughs) No, no, my my favorite part about the whole, like, Amazon saga is we all complain. But I remember uh, last year, Amazon raised the price of Amazon Prime, like, 30 bucks. And nobody complained. I didn't hear a single person I know be like, Huh. Everyone just kind of, like, saw that and was like, Oh, okay. If yeah. that's if that's what Jeff Bezos wants me to pay, I guess I'm just going to pay it then. All hail Amazon.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, Mozart in the jungle isn't going to, you know, be making itself for free. You know, you got you to gotta pay <laughs> off
2: for, for, for that stuff.
0: You know, in the meantime, you got Jeff Bezos who's out there going like, what we need to do is start to build a whole bunch of, like, rotating habitats in space for people to move to. <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, yeah. rotate, like, some of them will be cities. Some of them will be nature preserves. And a whole bunch of people, rightfully so, were like, hey, Jeff Bezos, we've got a fucking rotating habitat right now that everything that you're doing is destroying. Like, why not take care of that one? instead of you know this high flighted just completely impossible like halo <laughs> fantasy that you yeah. got
1: he was like hey did you guys ever read ring world i just read that that's pretty sick <laughs> <laughs> we should totally do that and it's like well he's the richest man in the world so you can't really say like jeff you sound like a, right. <laughs> you sound like an idiot right now so we just we just let him go with it you know he thinks it's fun so just just well, let him and jared
0: fun. what do you think about that I, I think brendan brings up a really good point um the way that we talk to our billionaires, I mean, I i know that you have thoughts on that. Uh, Jeff Bezos, fucking uh, Elon Musk, uh, Bill Gates, uh, Warren Buffett to a certain extent, you know, what's, what's going on with the way that we talk to these guys?
2: I think we babied them way too much. Like, they get all the benefit of the doubt, but I also think that's because, like, even if it's subconscious, there's something very scary about, you know, criticizing somebody too harshly that has the means to sort of, you know, <laughs> right. snap their Completely fingers and destroy fuck you up. You. <laughs> yeah, like put up billboards through your entire state with your face that says, damn, this guy's an asshole. And like, right. not even blink, not even notice it's gone from his paycheck or whatever. So
0: fuck my my political uh my my political career is completely shot at this point,
2: yeah, it's uh I mean and then I also think there's just sort of this like societal maybe it's like rubbernecking you know like when you see some sort of crash happen on the sideway side side of the highway and everybody like slows down and turns to look i I think it's kind of like that whenever these guys fuck up is everybody's just like, wow. He has so much money, and he messed up, and and we like yeah. hu- we humanize it in a way <laughs> that we don't like grant to people that don't have ten trillion dollars. You know, it's it's kind right, of fucked yeah, up. If, but if it, somebody I, it,
0: if somebody who's broke fucks up and their family ends up not having uh, health care or something, we make it into a moral failure. Whereas if Elon Musk. Loses ten billion dollars worth of uh investor money because he said some dumb shit on Twitter. We go like, oh, it's just because he's like, he's an iconoclast, you know. How he's p- he's pushing him? the
2: edge, you know.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah, there was a picture of Bill Gates the other day where someone was like, look, Bill Gates is waiting in line at a food truck. Like he's just he's just one of the guys, you know. What a great guy, and it's like. But waiting in line at a food truck is not a virtue. That's just how it works, you know? Like, what, like I don't know what they expected, that he would, like, show up with his, like, shock troops and just be, like, everybody clear <laughs> a path, like Bill Gates would like, to order a taco. Like, everybody stand back. I mean, I guess, you know, in a way, you could just be like, well, you know, it's great that he's not doing that, because he probably could do that, and people would say, well, okay, that's... Sure, he could do that if he wants, and what are we going to do about it? That's the crazy thing about it, is that they give these guys all this leeway where, you know, if they just give some money to charity that they can say, Oh, what a great guy. You know, he gave a 10th of 1% of his income to a charity. Like, wow, what a, what a true humanitarian. (laughs) Right. But yeah, Jeff Bezos, especially, I mean, he's the worst one. I mean, at least with Bill Gates, you know, he made his money a long time ago and you know, now he's like, I'm trying to do good in the world. Bezos is totally still now in that like, not only do I have the most money ever, but I still want to get more money. I mean, the guy I don't understand looks
0: like Lex fucking Luther.
1: That's his, his new aesthetic for sure. Yeah, <laughs> he's going on. Yeah, I, I, I was
2: just gonna say, have you seen like a recent photo? He's got like the shaved head, and he's oh, I mean, yeah. he's he's a fucking you know beefy boy now.
1: Yeah, he's got both legs. He's he's He's
0: Lex (laughs) Luthor without the, like, ethical standard of being opposed to, like, the superpowered alien. He's just that guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess, to me, it's just, I don't understand, like, what drives Jeff Bezos. I mean, I guess he wants to build his, like, space metropolis or whatever now, which is, is cool, but it's like, I would think, like, if I had the most money ever and I had, like, the most profitable company ever, that, you know, maybe I would take my billions of dollars and just say, you know what? I'm not going to work anymore. Like, I'm just going to chill for a while. Yeah, right? no,
2: no, that's my mindset, too. Is like, as soon as I get even just, like, what might be enough money in the bank, it's like, all right, see you guys. It's been good. Peace <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm just gonna get a sailboat and like sail around the world for a couple of years Go see some shit
1: And that's the problem with with capitalism, right? Is that the drive is there to say you just always have to be making as much money as you possibly can And then when you do it and you make more money than anyone else instead of saying okay great Now I can finally do the things that I wanted to do you just say no I have to keep doing it and I have to keep making more and more money but for why? For for what reason? It yeah, it does. It does really
0: weird things to your brain.
2: Yeah, I, I think at a certain point, it's not even like about the dollar signs anymore. As much as those dollar signs just represent, like, uh, not the capital as in like digits in a bank account, but like capital as in like the ability to just shift things in the world. Like at, at some point, you're like you're competing with other. Uh, effectively like miniature gods on the planet that can sort of bend, (laughs) bend reality with their money all over the place. And then it's like you versus you've got 10 billion versus the guy who's got 12 billion and you know, you got to get 13. Otherwise that guy's going to kick your ass, you know?
0: Well, and you end up with this, this sort of thing, like what we started out this conversation with, with, you know, the, like the storms through the Midwest are, seriously fucking up farmers it's really hard to plant soybeans anyway when you've got a tornado ripping through every once in a while meanwhile you've got a trade war going on and the president is just throwing his weight around you know you you end up in a situation where it really is just like in, insanely rich people kind of playing with your livelihood and then you've got, I don't know, the people on the ground still going like, no, I I think he's actually going to come through for us at some point. Right.
1: The funniest part to me is, uh, you know, if you ask him like, what is Trump trying to accomplish with China? Nobody knows because Trump himself doesn't even know what he's trying to accomplish with China.
0: Oh, he didn't understand the goddamn thing
1: when he started the fight. He's trying to look like he's you know, being tough, right? And it's like I, I guess message, you know, received because his supporters definitely think, yeah, what he's actually doing is is whatever. Like, who cares? It's not great. But he is definitely looking like he's trying to be tough while he's doing it. And I respect that. And Bezos has that figured out too, because like what is Bezos actually doing? He's ripping off You know, millions of workers paying them as little as possible and working them to the bone to the point where there's like deaths and suicides in the factories
0: and the people who make the product. I mean, that's that's worth pointing out, too, that, you know, Amazon pays just bottom of the barrel prices for anything that they want to buy from somebody because they're the only goddamn game in town. Right.
1: But, you know, when yeah, you look at him on TV, you're like, wow, he looks like he's uh, he's really moving and shaking out there. He's launching rocket ships and, you know, drone armies. You know, wow, he's really doing it.
2: Yeah, no, that's something uh, like I grew up for most of my youth in a place called Bentonville, Arkansas. Uh, it is the home of Walmart corporate. Ooh. And I remember... Like, uh, people, like, before there was that show Shark Tank or whatever, you know, people would invent something, come up with an idea, move a little bit of product to show that people want it, and then they'd take it to Walmart, and Walmart would pressure them to, like, move all their manufacturing overseas to where there's, like, no labor protections, like, people are getting paid, like, 75 cents a day just to, like, be able to, instead of sell it at three ninety nine, sell it at two ninety nine, and, right. and it's just, like it's really just this broader system but also uh, as it regards these uh you know this trade war i think back a lot to when trump was on the campaign trail and he made that statement about how he could go into fifth avenue and just shoot somebody and his supporters would still love him every time i see we get in situations like this where it doesn't make any sense why the people being hurt by his policies are still supporting him i just keep thinking back to that and it, it, it just feels like it gets more and more true
1: yeah
0: yeah it, it's it's 100 right um and it's not just trump uh it i think that there's that sort of like cult mentality around pretty much anybody who's going to be running in 2020 which is really terrifying you know uh, I, I think we're getting to the point where. Yeah, Trump's diehard supporters are never going to abandon him, regardless of what he does. And we're moving into a, a phase where anybody who has kind of locked into like a Democratic nominee, that's probably the, the same thing with them. The, like, Joe Biden could probably kill somebody in Times Square. And oh, okay. the, the, like, the the hardcore joe biden people would still be behind him
2: yeah dude, i hate it whenever russian trolls and biden bots are in my mentions all the time to <laughs> post <laughs> I, I keep I, I keep wondering if these diehards for these other candidates are going to get the same names that uh bernie bros got I, i'm just waiting for like uh the biden bitches or something to like <laughs> roll through <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I think it's a, a good place to take a break. When we come back from the break, I want to dig into more of what we brought Jared Holt on to talk about, which is what he does and talk about the actual far right um, and what's going on there and the way that the media kind of amplifies them. So let's take a little break there. We'll come back in a couple of minutes. They say music is
2: the mood Let's see if you're hungry
0: enough Take a bite, take another Just like a good boy would Get a sweet thing on
2: the side Home cooking on the side
0: Aside from any of the shit that we've talked about so far or what we're going to talk about in the future Ding dong, the witch is dead Uh, The Krasenstein brothers have been permanently banned
1: from Twitter Who did Ken Klippenstein have to bribe to get this? (laughs) I
0: don't know if you want to make fun of the guy who's been on our show I'm just saying, who benefits from their (laughs) ban the most, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. No, uh, Ken actually does fucking hate that joke. So,
2: maybe it was him. Brendan, are are you doing okay? You kind of look like you're tearing up over there.
1: I can't believe they got banned. (laughs) They were so much fun. This is a real blow to the hashtag resistance, you guys. I don't know. I don't even know if Hillary Clinton's going to be able to win the election anymore. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no it's it, it's weird because i i wrote about the grassland in my newsletter this week and about just like sort of how conflicted i feel about them because they're obviously scammers and obviously grifters and like in this fight for no pure purpose but at the same time there's just something about them that i have this like I don't want to hate them too much, and I, I, I and I can't square that yeah, in my own head. I, I do They're
0: kind of pure in their grifting. At least they're grifting for a good reason.
1: I mean, I don't feel like they were malicious in their. I mean, I, they were obviously trying to make money. Oh, I don't know. I
0: don't know if you can even say that shit.
1: Like, wasn't there they their weren't earlier? Wars. I mean, they weren't like out there calling for violent revolution or like, I don't know. Their like, earlier thing was, didn't
0: they get in trouble for, they were running a literal Ponzi scheme?
2: That's called hustling, dude. <laughs>
1: okay what, what, what was the Ponzi scheme like Pay, Twitter ads What was the, what was the mechanics no, no, they, they were running like an
0: actual like financial Pon, Ponzi scheme And had Did they have like, like hundreds Coin? of thousands of dollars You know seized by the federal government Yeah
1: Well that's good I always just saw them as like harmless goofs we, You know we're just out there Being like, sir, you are disrespecting the office of the presidency, sir, and you will be behind bars. Boom. I thought they were adorable. Boom. Yeah, I'm sure they were doing some shady shit, though. They started talking to
0: themselves after a while, where it was like, you know, it's just these two guys, like, in their own garage, talking to each other on Twitter. Um, And it was kind of cute, because they're like
2: they're twins and i don't know i I like to think of it as like they're in the room from clockwork orange and there's just like screens everywhere and (laughs) and they're sitting in these chairs with their eyes peeled back and uh whenever trump tweets like the whole room starts pulsating light (laughs) and they hold hands Mm -hmm. together and they say are you ready and then they they type out the most <laughs> epic reply. And, you know, uh, there's all this talk <laughs> in D.C. of impeachment over, you know, why is Nancy Pelosi hesitating? You know, obviously, if, if a Democrat was president and the same thing happened, they'd try to impeach that person. But really, the proof is in the tweets, at Krasenstein, at, (laughs) yeah, just look to either Ed, Brian, or Ken's (laughs) tweets, and you've got all the proof you need. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i'm I'm mostly mad that they got banned because i lost two twitter followers oh today. they followed
2: you <laughs>
1: that's a real blow
0: oh yeah they follow they fucking didn't everybody they, they didn't follow, follow
2: like, like, me people i tried to get them on my podcast so many times it uh, like <laughs> i even like infiltrated a reddit ama they did and i asked a question about ken and then they're like oh we love ken and he he takes the joke well <laughs> and then I followed it up and I was like, All right, Ed, while I have you here, will you come on my podcast and stop ignoring my emails? Like We gotta get Ken back on the show
0: now that the Krasenstein brothers have been banned. Yeah. And just have him talk for like a half an hour about how much he hated that joke.
1: With the Krasensteins gone and, you know, Michael Avenatti getting taken down too, the Progressive Left has suffered a severe blow.
0: Yeah, the hashtag resistance is really yeah, it's a, a hard blow to
2: leftist everywhere.
0: I'm going to pivot now because uh, talking about the the hashtag resistance, the hashtag blue wave, whatever. Like we make fun of this on the show all the time, but we have somebody on the show who works in like the much deeper, darker corners of of Twitter of social media you know it was uh kind of delightful to see all of this milkshaking happen and i i'm curious as to what you think about what's going on right now
2: uh blue wave all the way baby uh (laughs) resist impeach trump right yeah cheeto president it's it's it's
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, but what's actually happening in terms of like, on-the-ground activism, like, rightists trying to march. Uh, there was a a big info dump just in the past couple of days about how the Proud Boys wanted to march in, was it, like, Providence, mm-hmm. Rhode Island or something? Um, but all of their information leaked, and it was like, oh, no, they're actually plotting violence. They They actually are. They're going to bring their guns. They're going to set themselves up to, like... If somebody throws a thing at me, like, then the cops that we're completely in line with are going to ignore it when we beat the shit out of this person.
1: Well, I mean, that's been proven. I mean, that, that happens for sure. They're not wrong.
2: Yeah, no. I, I mean, this that definitely happens. These groups, whether it be the Proud Boys, whether it be, like, more explicitly fascist groups in the United States, they've always been around to some degree. Um, For the last few decades, they have not had a ton of wins. Occasionally, they'll get somebody through like a political primary and then get them fucked up on the main stage. But when Trump came along during the campaign, a lot of these guys felt that they had a guy running for office that sounded like them. Now, in recent times, a lot of these folks have kind of become disillusioned with the whole thing besides, you know, what would be maybe the right wing equivalents of a Krasenstein or something. Uh,
0: (laughs) What's their disillusionment about? Well, a
2: lot of it is uh, that they just don't feel like he has been able to follow through Mm -hmm. on... Some of the more egregious shit that he said on the campaign trail—it's uh, almost <laughs> right. that like he doesn't suck enough.
0: He, yeah, he's—he's he's not making camps for the the
2: Jews and the Blacks or whatever. Yeah, he didn't
1: like deport every Muslim yet. So what a faker! He totally said he would do it.
2: The only thing that would make a lot of these folks happy is you know troops running around America collecting undocumented immigrants and sending them over the border, building a wall and drone striking Mexico City or something like that. You know, it's a lot of these folks had pretty unrealistic expectations. They still look to him as this sort of icon for what they believe, sort of as a living proof that their ideas do have more mainstream traction among the right than they had thought before, or even right-wing pundits like to pretend that they do. Uh, but but as far as the guy himself, they view him as having gone into office and then staffed it with the same old swamp that he promised to drain. Right. And a presidential administration sure. is its staff.
0: Well, as far as that goes, Jared, I mean, I I have seen that sort of like disillusionment with people going like, Trump said that he was going to drain the swamp, and then everybody that he staffs his uh, fucking cabinet with are all like Goldman Sachs sort of people, just like, like Obama John did.
1: Bolton. Yeah, you know? John
0: Bolton, you know, like old establishment people. And you still see people invoking his kind of politics when they carry out acts of violence. You see people who want to enact what they believed Trump stood for
2: and I think that's ultimately the thing right is it's like none of this like as disillusioned as people on the far right may have become uh, with Trump and even if the cheerleading has subdued it doesn't change the fact that like the reason we're seeing these acts of violence, the reason that these people have even come out of the woodwork to begin with is because they had somebody running for office that they thought represented their interests enough that they didn't have to be yeah. ashamed anymore. Because being a white nationalist, being far right, being uh, incredibly anti Muslim, incredibly a- anti immigrant, whatever, like uh, that is embarrassing. That is like an embarrassing ideology to try to step into the public space and defend. Even if they're like, oh, Trump just sort of wussed out whenever he got into office, that doesn't change the fact of like what he represents to those movements, you know?
0: In the past few weeks, we've had Andrew Lawrence oh, from hell Media yeah. Matters. We've had Jordan Ewell yeah. on the show uh, talking about how this sort of ideology manifests itself inside of uh, like the media, like like broad speaking media, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, it seems to me like your work has been to look at how that how that mentality from the mass media filters down to the individual and how those people end up taking on those ideas and enacting them in real life Uh, it's that stochastic terrorism or stochastic whatever
2: yeah and a lot of it is not that it trickles down but rather it's coming up and coming down it's like a some weird fucked up water park ride where (laughs) whatever random person is like going down the slide at that time is just getting like totally soaked with this stuff so even if Uh, You know, Tucker Carlson is not getting on his show and explicitly saying white people are being genocided off the earth. He can get close enough to it that other people in this media ecosystem, uh, whether it be podcasters, people on Reddit, people on Twitter, people on, you know, whatever website can kind of fill in the blanks when these blanks are getting filled in and these conversations that are happening in these communities. Something from a Laura Ingram or a Tucker Carlson can be a major validator that those beliefs, even if they're more extreme than what's expressed on the show, at least have some saliency to them. And I think that is like what makes those programs so dangerous. But we don't just see this in on Fox News. I, I mean, it, I think it was last month or the month before The Atlantic ran a cover story and the question was... How many immigrants? Is too many immigrants. So you get like varying degrees of this stuff yeah. acknowledged all throughout, Seven. <laughs> all throughout media. That's that's great input, Brenton. But we all know it's eight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. But with me, I, I always struggle. Like, should I take groups like the Proud Boys and you know those things? Like, should I take them seriously or are they a joke? I struggle sometimes to no is are the proud boys is that ideology like catching on or spreading or is it actually like collapsing and it seems to be just in a constant state of both you know you see that you know groups and right wing terrorism is having a resurgence but then it seems like every time you look at these groups They're, like, having internal conflicts and splintering and, like, trying to rebrand themselves and stuff like that. Oh, God,
0: yeah, like, uh, fucking Matthew Heimbach sleeping with his stepdad's wife or whatever. Oh, yeah,
2: Crategate. Everybody, everybody I know who covers this beat, that was the wood snap heard round the beat. like everybody knew about this within like an hour of it happening and just lost their shit
0: to brendan's question i think that's really important uh and jared you're in the best position i think to be able to speak to it are these kind of splinter right groups are they a threat are they kind of a sideshow what's going on there
2: well the proud boys is a an interesting example they're definitely violent they definitely exist to stir up trouble but so much of it is a joke and i i definitely think it is okay to laugh and make fun of these groups you want <laughs> but you want to leave space in the conversation to also like try to understand why we're talking about them at all like this isn't just like some club that popped up on a university this is like a proto-fascist movement you know they get violent they beat the shit out of people you know it's As these groups splinter slash grow, um, lately it's been more splintering than it has been growing, but I feel like we're kind of in the eye of a hurricane right now. We're like, whenever this does come back, I expect probably later this year or early next year as elections get closer, we're going to be in the thick of this shit again. As these groups break apart, in one way, like this group cohesion, and this is going to sound crazy, can make these groups a little bit safer to the rest of us. Because there's at least like a accountability structure going on. When Gavin McInnes was leading the Proud Boys, Gavin would have to answer to everything one of the Proud Boys did in public if they got violent or whatever. Sure. So there was sort of the group was kind of policing itself. But when you get these people that are charged up with these radical ideas and this sort of inclination towards violence and sort of lust to brawl in the street... And you break them away from that group cohesion. Now you just have like one unstable individual with all this stuff loaded up in their head. And that's where it's harder to track from like somebody in my position. It's hard to keep track of just like rando people that have spun off of this stuff. It's harder to track for any sort of law enforcement or community organizers, anti-racist activists, you know, that are interested in keeping tabs on these people to make sure that they don't commit some atrocious act of violence
0: well then with regard to the kind of work that you do uh which i i think is unassailably valuable work do you ever despair that the work that you're doing is going to fall on
2: like deaf ears i do sometimes i i was listening to some podcast the other day, and it's generally speaking, and I, I probably not people in this podcast audience. This podcast audience probably understands why we're talking about this and why we think it's important to talk about Our it.
0: Our podcast does not have an audience, <laughs> so, yeah, you, you, you can say whatever the fuck you there, want.
2: There's going to be, like, one guy listening to this on the bus and he's going to yeah. be like, hey!
1: That's <laughs> insulting. <laughs> 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 Our audience is great. We love all ten of them.
2: No, you know, I, I don't have to, like, explain this stuff to a leftist audience as much as i do like a dc liberal audience that doesn't really understand currently what to make of this stuff so so sometimes i do worry that it falls on deaf ears but i don't know i'm doing my damnedest i put a lot of thought and intention into the work i do like whether i'm making a situation worse by reporting something or whether i'm inflaming something that wouldn't otherwise be inflamed that sort of thing you know because these figures are so laughable, whether it be the Proud Boys or Matt Heimbach busting through the crate and getting his ass, you know, kicking the shit out of his stepdad or whatever, it's, uh, you know, it can be easy to laugh and sort of lose sight of, like, how actually dangerous and actually serious a lot of this shit is.
1: Do you get, like, really mad when people from turning point usa like post themselves being racist on snapchat and you're like i've been saying that they were racist forever and you know nobody was listening and now they posted it themselves <laughs> you know you do you feel like you you got scooped when they're just <laughs> doxing themselves online
2: i i mean in a way because i cover this stuff like pretty exclusively you know just sort of narrow in on this beat and then you know some other miscellaneous like pet project right wing stuff I can get characterized or at least my critics would characterize me as like hysterical or alarmist
0: or a giant cook i've I've seen I've seen your replies on oh Twitter. yeah
2: God bless you, man. I turned those off a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh <laughs> I don't know. A lot of the pieces that I've written that have received the most criticism along that vein, When I wrote a couple months ago about uh, neo-Nazis adopting, like, clown imagery to, okay. be like, <laughs> to be, like, the latest, like, LOL ironic racism shit, or, you know, a list of white supremacist YouTubers that got me probably my first major wave of backlash uh, from, like, 12 different YouTube audiences all at the same time. Even if it gets downplayed or brushed off or whatever at the time, a lot of those pieces have aged like fine wine and I am personally, I feel validated by that and that sort of uh, kind of coddles any sort of frustration I may have had in the moment where I'm like, no, listen, you're like laughing at this but actually this is a thing and
0: a lot of that gets soothed. Our show, certainly, also our show's listeners and also anybody who's sort of ideologically aligned with our show would be the last people to say that the kind of work that you're doing isn't worth doing. Exposing these people for who they are, really putting out their, like, what they believe. You know, because fucking fascists will use every kind of liberal... Like, shield, uh, to protect their own, you know, it's just freedom of speech, baby. But no, like, you're literally advocating, if you get down to it, genocide. You're, you're talking about genociding people. We would be the last people to, to argue that the work that you're doing is wrong. And so before we go into the break, I'm curious about your opinion of the more, free speech oriented uh, marketplace of ideas liberals on the kind of work that you do?
2: Uh, yeah. So I rely on the first amendment and free speech to do the work that I do. So I, I am not anti first amendment without a first amendment. I could be killed for doing my job, <laughs> but you know, I, I think in sort of a healthy democracy Uh, engaging with people who don't have the same ideas as you is a good way of trying to make more people have the same ideas as you. Uh, but the thing is like, there are limitations on the first amendment. There is a limitation to like what we should be expected to tolerate, especially in online spaces, which are still in a historical sense, very, very new. Uh, just like you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Uh, maybe you shouldn't be able to yell racial slurs at you know random people on twitter i, I don't know it's a <laughs> right and a lot of these companies are private companies and i think they should be regulated but that's mostly like an economic argument that i have uh, unless like this free speech one I, I don't know does that answer your question did you have a more specific angle on that
0: you've got barry weiss is writing for the Uh, New York times editorial page right now. And she makes a big stink about how you ought to let everybody talk on college campuses until it comes to somebody like, uh, like Ellie Valley, who wants to talk about like Israel is bad, you know? Um, And it it seems to me like the, I'm not going to go so far as to say, That Barry Weiss is like fascist, but people who kind of tend toward that inclination do make these liberal free speech arguments up to the point where somebody is making an argument that they don't like. And I, I feel like that's a thing that gets directed at you a lot. You do a lot of work. There are these guys who are, you know, they'll criticize fucking Antifa for wearing masks at the rallies, but they wear masks too. But sometimes the masks come down and then you, the mask comes down. And it's like, "Oh, this guy is like like a lieutenant in the fucking air force, or this guy is an actual cop or something like that, you know, and then they're like oh no it's it's actually a really big problem that you know we're we're exposing people's real life identities." Based on their ideology, like, is this the world you want to live in? And yes, I mean, for us, I think. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, for us, the, the world that we want to live in is yes. If you say shitty things in the public sphere, then yes, people should know who you are.
2: Yeah. I mean, freedom of speech is not freedom from consequence. A lot of like what you see the free speech shit wheeled out. For uh, is Barry Weiss will do a column about Milo. People will say Barry, that was fucked up. Why would you even interview this guy? And then here comes the free speech thing. And I, yeah. I, I think that's just
0: because I'm being censored. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, you're not being censored, you idiot. You have, like, you have
2: you a column in you know the New Times. Nobody likes
0: your point of view
2: people are allowed to criticize and in the case of the work i'm doing if you are organizing and uh, doing activism work on behalf of like a proto-fascist or fascist organizing group then uh yeah if people find out who you are and there's consequences to that like that is their first amendment that is uh you know your employer's choice that is you know it's yeah. It's this system, this marketplace, and structure of society that they claim like needs to be preserved at all cost. And yeah. when they become I mean, the victims of you gotta go back it, to, it, to that bullshit. that
0: original story about how uh, somebody infiltrated the KKK and made it part of the Superman radio show. <laughs> so, like Superman was fighting the KKK, and all of the things that they did in the KKK showed up in the radio show, and everyone was like. Oh, this is dumb as hell! Like, fuck these guys forever. Hey man,
1: keep your politics out of my comic books, all right? <laughs> That's not where we we need that
2: kind of thing. I'm tired of the uh, the Klan justice warriors infiltrating the sacred space.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, there was a there was an amazing situation in Nebraska where this guy uh, Bennett Bressman was working for the governor uh, and his reelection campaign. Oh, I remember? And that. then he had his like chat room logs. Exposed where he was saying like incredibly, you know, racist, white nationalist things. Then they immediately were like, oh, well, you know, we don't agree with that. And, you know, he's going to be removed from his position. But it's like, and they're like, well, and we had no idea that these were his views. And it's like, well, really? Because, like, why do you think he was working for you for so many years? And why did he keep getting? promoted like how is it possible that his you know political aspirations aligned with yours and yet when his actual true ideology was exposed they can just immediately flip and just say like whoa I mean we didn't have anything to do with that I mean to me that's the frustrating part is that you see this happen over and over again where like Turning Point USA is like we're not racist or whatever and then they post videos of them saying the n-word and they're like oh well hey you know, that was just that one person, and, you know, sorry, they got fired, so.
0: Right, yeah, it's that, that plausible deniability thing where, like, as long as you don't come out and say the N word, like, we're not racist. Until it turns out that everybody who agrees with your position in private uses the N word all the time, you know, like, they actually are racists.
2: Yeah, no, it's, uh, the reason a lot of this stuff thrives on the right and not on the left is because like the right's ideology is conducive to racism and conducive to extremism. And the the reason we only see sort of these like reflexive disavowals and stuff is uh, maybe they didn't know because they don't disagree that much.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because they're completely smooth brained and entered into the political discussion fully formed at the age of 22
1: they all had their staff meeting and they were like all right guys here's the topic for this week build a wall kick out all the mexicans and don't be racist all right good meeting everybody
0: (laughs) also why are we getting criticized for being racist all the time
1: (laughs) (laughs) brainstorm on that everybody have three ideas (laughs) for next for next week well, I think it's time for us to brainstorm a high note.
0: We're at the end of this segment. Let's take a little break there, and we will try to bring this out on a high note.
2: Tell you what, I'm joining Proud Boys, even though you're not
0: the leader up anymore. Go ahead and initiate me right now.
2: Okay. So you have to say, I'm a proud Western chauvinist. Don't hit me as hard as you the arm. All I'm, right, all right, here we go. I'm actually
0: scared. Okay, go ahead. I'm a proud Western chauvinist. I'm a proud Western chauvinist. And I refuse to apologize. And I refuse to apologize. For creating the modern world. For creating the modern world. Okay, you will now name five breakfast cereals.
1: Captain Crunch! I'm
2: Mini-wheats! i Okay, okay, I'm done. Was that five? I was, I was concentrating on my punches too much. Oh, I can't remember another one. All right, I'm done. Uh, but I've now been officially initiated to this terror group. Yep.
0: My high note this week has to do with uh, Rouche V and if our audience is not familiar with the guy uh this is the guy who was uh he was like the king of the pickup artists he wrote a whole bunch of books about i'm gonna travel around the world and like here's how you pick up girls in denmark and whatnot um a couple of months ago he started getting a little weird and he was like Guys, washing your ass is like the next step toward homosexuality. I do remember that one. That was classic. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And just today he came out uh, on his own uh, internet forum and he was like I found the love of our Lord Jesus Christ Uh, so on my forum you can talk about the following things. Like pick up Artistry. If you want to marry the girl, what you can't talk about. What you can talk about is pick up artistry. You can't talk about like how good I am in bed. Um, yeah, it's it's been kind of amazing to watch this guy. Like I'm I'm almost waiting for him to like shave his head into a tonsure. Uh, you know, like the the old monastic thing. And just join a monastery.
2: Also, uh, full disclosure, Bruce V is Matt's dad. Uh, we should get that out of the way Right, here.
1: yeah, yeah, totally. That makes a lot of sense.
0: Well, everybody everybody who listens to the fucking podcast knows that I do not have a good relationship with my father. So I was not going to call him out. But thank you, Jared, for making that public knowledge. Anyways, it's it's so great uh to watch this guy like go from you know I was like king pickup artist uh like r- like reddit you know reddit empires have risen and fallen based on this guy and now he's like nope I'm I I uh some somebody made the joke uh the new website needs to be called um Oh, uh, yeah. R- <laughs> Return of King of nice. Kings.
1: Yeah. I mean, this guy, it's amazing because uh, he has to be, what, like in his like mid-30s now or whatever? I mean, he basically just did like a normal thing where he's like, oh, yeah, I dated around a lot in my 20s. And then I, you know, in my 30s, I settled down and got married. But yeah. then he's like, and also now what everyone should do is just skip that part and like go... <laughs> To right. marriage. Don't do what I did. I learned the hard way, you know. But you gotta. Well, and I thought I thought Jared might
0: have something to say about this too, because there's definitely a there's like a speed train between uh, like MRa pick art pick up right. artistry toward the alt right, and you know, like to watch Roosh v one of these guys who was uh, like one of the pinnacles of this thing. Fall and just go like full I don't know. The the joke on Twitter is like tradcath or whatever. But
2: <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I mean this is kind of like a broader trend that we're seeing uh by people like Rouge who promote uh an ideology that's like uh considered male supremacist. Uh, just like hyper misogynistic using women as like a means to sex and stuff. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of these guys in recent times. And I think maybe it's just because that initial wave of folks has gotten older, uh, sort of like what you were saying, Matt, it's, uh, a lot of these guys have pivoted into, uh, you know, trad or whatever, where instead of treating women as a means to an end for sex, it's women as a means to an end for reproduction and like (laughs) evolution you know it's like yeah no and and we see this across uh like incel forums and stuff where it used to be you know we hate women so much that you know you just use them as sex objects and throw them aside now it's uh, we hate women so much you have to domesticate them and turn them into like essentially like a pet or something jesus Uh, yeah it it's super fucked up uh but but this is what i re- this is what I read every day. This is my job uh
1: <laughs> did this guy renounce his like That's past good. pickup artistry when he decided to you know go full on Catholicism or I mean
0: one of the things that he did was uh go on to his uh forum and be like, Here are exactly the things that you can talk about. Here are the things that you cannot talk about.' anymore and all the things that he said you cannot talk about are the things that like he wrote multiple fucking
1: books about because to me like if he wants to go on and say like what i did before like was wrong and bad and i and i feel bad about it and i've changed like good on him but it doesn't seem like 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 he's actually made that connection quite yet
2: (laughs) nope (laughs) no 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 this is just like a, a grift pivot kind of because that's like where the energy is among like young men uh for whatever reason that shift happened uh but yeah no i mean this dude is still a massive piece of shit um <laughs> but but he's been uh you know bruce v gone christian not clickbait for like <laughs> a few months now if i remember correctly uh oh he yeah sure got, no like, he, super he went r- he went super nowhere.
0: into uh he he started talking about something that he called bread science. <laughs>
1: B- baking? Uh, is it baking? For for a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's baking. It's it's literally just baking. And a whole bunch of people were like, "Okay, so you're uh you're going to be like Volcel and bread science guy like, why don't you just shave the top of your head and join a fucking monastery?" That's exactly what that is. Like just go work in a monastery, like be a monk.
1: Yeah, Baked they should bread. rebrand nuns as as Volsel
2: to increase recruitment. So that's, uh,
0: that's my that's my high note for the week. Uh, Brennan, Jared, anybody?
2: Uh, my high note is uh, the Equality Act passed the House. Uh, that's cool. What is
1: that? I don't even know what that is.
2: Uh, that would. That was a bill that would open up uh, non-discrimination protections to uh, people based on their sexual orientation and gender identity. I mean, this thing doesn't have a, you know, a batch chance in hell of getting through the Senate. But as a gesture, I, I, I thought that that was like very symbolic and was sort of refreshing to see. Even though we're, I'm sorry, you said the Equality Act,
1: but uh, you didn't refer to it by its uh, Republican name, which is uh, dangerous assault on our religious freedoms. I I was (laughs) confused. Thank
2: you. (laughs) Oh no, yeah, so sorry,
1: (laughs) Uh, Jared. As far as
0: that goes, what is your opinion on? We've got currently a democratically run. House of Representatives, a Republican-run Senate, and if the if the House of Representatives wants to wants to push through a bunch of like the one that you talked about or Medicare for all or anything, do you feel like that's is that a positive thing or a negative thing for the Democratic Party? Um, just if if you're if you're going to run a piece of legislation that for sure is going to die in the senate is that good or bad
2: i think there's still a net positive to the whole thing you know because it forces people to go on the record and sometimes to make a vote so you can pass something like medicare for all uh in the house i mean isn't uh, and that what they did then, and with then all you, of
0: the uh, the Obamacare repeal votes I mean they did that what like 15 times I don't or think something this like is that
1: the equivalent yep. of that I mean I, I don't think that these are fake votes that they don't want to pass like I, I think these are things that they actually would want to enact and I, I to be fair like I think the positive is to actually have a vote you make someone take a position on that. so there was tons of like, Omaha's congressman who is Republican Don Bacon had to go out and like make a Facebook post or whatever. That's like, hey, here's why I'm voting against the Equality Act. It's not because I don't love equality and freedom, which I do. It's just that I'm just so worried about, you know, maybe they'll force uh, somebody to make a gay cake or whatever. And, you know, that's just unacceptable to me. And so, again, I think (laughs) it's positive in that it gets people on the record as opposing these things which are actually popular i think a vast majority of americans would say yeah you know what like you shouldn't just be able to get kicked out get evicted or fired just for being gay like that's a common sense to the majority of people yeah
0: just being just for being gay just for being trans whatever
2: right exactly and i i think that gives them fodder for campaigns they can say, you know, I voted for this Medicaid expansion thing or Medicare for all or uh, the Equality Act, and my opponent or like this incumbent didn't think that was worth voting yes on, and and that's just more leverage in a campaign, and especially in tough districts, really like you know, anything the, there was
1: kind of a theory that, um, and this infrastructure thing that collapsed was another one where. People were like, I don't know, do the Democrats really want to, like, give Trump a win on infrastructure? Because then he's just going to go out and say, like, look, I did this. It's me. reelect me because I got so much accomplished. But I remember when they passed that giant criminal justice reform bill, and I kind of thought that same thing would happen. I was like, oh, man, Trump is just going to turn around and be like, I did this. It was me. You know, vote for me because I did this amazing thing that everybody loves. But he immediately forgot that he did it and he never talks about it. So (laughs) I really don't see the downside anymore because Trump is unable to capitalize on anything that could be seen as a win for him. He is is no object (laughs) fixation. So it's a win-win because you actually get something accomplished and it seems like it would benefit Trump, but it actually doesn't because he's unable to successfully – capitalize on any actual accomplishments that Congress does. If he didn't do it as an executive order, he doesn't see it as an accomplishment for him to tout. So there's no point in, you know, not passing things to hurt Trump because he doesn't even care. Well, my high note this week is home improvement. Not the Tim Allen show, though, because that's because that's bad. Um. (laughs) Tim Allen, thank you for uh, for guesting on the podcast. That was a we owe him uh, a lot of royalties for that for that sound. But yeah, man, I've been I've been working real hard uh, cleaning this place up, and you know, I was talking to some people around, and uh, I realized that not all people like know how to do like home improvementy things. And my message is that it's not that hard to do. Um, like, some people were like, oh, man, you, like, installed a new toilet? Like, I'd hire a plumber to do that. And it's like, you literally just, like, pick it up and put it there. Like, it's, it's literally not that hard. <laughs> look look that shit do. up on
0: YouTube. Somebody will teach yeah. you how so, to do it. So, you know,
1: if you – like, we got – um You know, stuff like, it's just so easy to do nowadays, too. And there's so many things out there that I didn't even realize. Like, I was like, oh, I wish I'd done this forever ago. We were like, oh, man, we should do, like, a nice, like, tile backsplash in our kitchen. But, like, oh, it's so expensive and it's so hard and you have to grout it or whatever. You can literally get, like, stickers that just, like, stick onto the wall. And it looks like (laughs) tile. Um, And it's so easy to do. So, and it's, like, it's super cheap, too. So, um, you know, don't be afraid to do it. And... Just, just go out there you know go nuts and you know redo your floors or something it's a uh, it's not that hard you know take a weekend and, and do it Matt you're gardening all yeah. the time
0: so uh the the takeaway from this episode is everybody please look up Brendan's house on Zillow um you know he's His neighborhood is a good one to live in, and the house is really nice. I've been there. That's right. Yeah,
1: I want to inflate those uh, those Zillow likes so that it really inspires a a great bidding war. You know,
0: you guys are you guys are doing pretty well. If the podcast can uh, enhance that at all um then the podcast has been worth it yeah
1: <laughs> in the yeah, meantime e-
2: everybody just go to the zillow page and hop in the comments <laughs> and ask why Brenton kicked the Krasensteins off twitter
1: <laughs> they were bringing the property values down on twitter so we we had to do it you know it was for the good of the neighborhood they've, they've moved on to next door i bet the Krasenstein's next door posts are totally fire <laughs>
0: In the meantime, we've been delighted to have Jared Holt on the show. Jared, thank you so much. Oh,
2: thanks for having
0: me. Yeah. Um, where can this is the uh, it, it, the the theme song? We'll start playing right now <laughs> underneath you. Um, so please uh, plug whatever you want.
2: You can follow me on Twitter, at Jared L. Holt. Check out my podcast. It's called Shitpost. Yes. It's the intersection of uh, online politics and the internet. Uh, and read what I'm doing at Right Wing Watch.
0: Please go, uh, like, irony, bro. Just troll this guy forever.
2: Yeah, just fuck me up, dude. I've right. been conditioned for years. <laughs> I, can, I, I promise you will not you will not show me something new and I might <laughs> offer a prize to somebody who can surprise me
0: <laughs> it's been a delight to have you on the show you can follow our show at liquid underscore flannel I'm on twitter at matt the great with the w and brendan williams is also on twitter I at brendan at-
1: williams with one l hit me up next time you're still on a toilet I'll talk you through it it's it's fine it's totally doable <laughs> I believe in you <laughs>
0: Jared, thank you one more time. Uh,
1: Cheers, (laughs) y'all. Thanks, man.